This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast, and there may be someone out there that may be considering starting a podcast of their own, or they probably already started a podcast, and they're just trying to see some of the steps they can take to make their podcast even better. Well, I encourage you to check out the SOTS seminar that will be coming up. Uh, This seminar will be designed to help individuals that are starting a podcast or have already started a podcast, giving them the information and tools that they need in order to help their podcast grow. So take part in the SOTS podcast seminar. For more information, email the State of the Saints podcast at stateofthesaints at gmail.com. That's stateofthesaints at gmail.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. I want to say thank you to everybody that's following in on a Friday morning. And I know this uh, show is a little bit earlier than most, but um, shout out to 103.7 The Game and um, Raymond Parch third RP3 and Company. Uh, I just uh, finished uh, doing an interview uh, with them uh, on uh, RP3's morning show. So uh, I decided to just go ahead and go live because I have some things I need to uh, take care of um, on today. And I don't know if I was going to get another opportunity to be able to do a show today. So um, just wanted to go ahead and get one started. But we're going to be talking about the Saints versus Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, the predictions uh, what do I feel the Saints need to do in order to win this game and uh, also just you know give you all my my prediction uh, shouts out to everybody in the chat right now uh, all of those that are new to the channel I ask that you hit that subscribe button for all of those that are in the chat right now I ask that you hit the like button and of course I'll, I'll take a few of your questions um, and then uh, you know everybody can go enjoy their Friday and if uh, your weather is anything like it is out here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You understand why. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the Saints and Seattle game. Look, the Saints and the Seattle Seahawks, 
these are two teams right now in the NFC. Uh, got a lot of questions to answer. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, came into the, the, the season uh, as a team that people just looked at as an afterthought, thought they were going to be the worst team in the league. And as of right now, you know, they're a 500 team. And a lot of people thought they would take steps back because Russell Wilson is no longer there and they got Geno Smith. But if you look at the Seattle Seahawks versus uh, Russell Wilson in Denver, you have to say that the Seattle Seahawks made the right decision. Uh, Geno Smith uh, has come into the league. Uh, he's been here for about 10 years. Uh, I think we all remember that classic draft where he, a lot of people thought he was going to be like one of those top five, top 10 picks, and he didn't get picked into the, uh, the second round. And uh, now 10 years later, he gets his starting opportunity and he's taking advantage of it. Uh, he's completing 77% of his passes. Uh, last week, he accounted for three touchdowns. Uh, you know, he, he's playing at a really high level. So he, he's really exceeding expectations. And to be honest with you, I think the term playing with house money is suffice when you're talking about Geno Smith. I mean, he, you you might as well just go out there and, and give it your best. And maybe, you know, if you continue to put along a couple strings of games, I mean, you, there may be some opportunities that may come your way if Seattle decides that they want to go in a different direction. You can put yourself up for a major payday. So I got the stats from last week from the Seattle Seahawks, some of those uh, top players. And, um, of course, um, I'll tell you why I'm mentioning uh, these stats and, and these players. Well, like I mentioned, Geno Smith was 23 of 30 for 320 yards and two touchdowns. He also had seven carries for 49 yards and a touchdown. So that's three total touchdowns. Then you have Rashad Penny who had 17 carries for 151 yards with a, a monster 8.9 average. That's something that you see on Madden when you're playing on rookie or pro. Then you have DK Metcalf, seven catches for 149 yards, 21.3 average. And then you have Tyler Lockett with six catches for 91 yards. So those are his number one and number two target, respectively. Uh, he's had some issues like getting on the same page with DK Metcalf, something similar to what Russell Wilson and, and you know, DK Metcalf had. But it just seems like, you know, they, they're getting on the same page. And also Rashad Penny uh, running behind that offensive line. Those guys did a really good job. Uh, Geno Smith had over 30 uh, dropbacks and he didn't get uh, he didn't get sacked one time. I think maybe he had like maybe two pressures, the Detroit Lions. So the offensive line was really stepping up uh, in this game and he was able to make some of those throws. So that goes to tell you right there, the Saints are going to have to get pressure on Geno Smith. They're going to have to make things disruptive for him. And also you're going to have to take into account his ability to be able to scramble outside of the pocket. Uh, Geno Smith, like uh, Jameis Winston, isn't a guy that's looking to run. They he, he runs when he has to. He rather make plays from the pocket. To me, him and Jameis Winston kind of cut from the same cloth for the exception of maybe Jameis Winston has a little bit more arm talent than Geno Smith. But Geno Smith does make smart decisions and he has made smart decisions. So my, my advice to the New Orleans Saints would be uh, to make sure that you have somebody uh, that's, that's spying on him because he can run. And when he does run, it, it, it is very, very detrimental uh, to a drive. So that, that's Geno Smith. Uh, Rashard Penny, I feel like that's a little bit of an outlier, 8.9 yards uh, average. I don't think that you're going to get that every game. Uh, the Saints have been doing a good job over the last couple of weeks uh, neutralizing uh, teams' top running backs. And I know some people will say, well, you look at Christian McCaffrey, he went over 100 yards, but he, he had to run the ball almost 30 times to get there. So with that, you know, we're looking at uh, yard average. So with Dalvin Cook, 
you know, uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, Christian McCaffrey, all those guys to me had a very low average. So the Saints have to be able to replicate that because you know the offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks are going to be extremely confident going into this game, knowing that they helped their running back go over 100 yards with 8.9 average. Uh, leads me to the wider receivers. Um, you know, DK Metcalf and, and Marshawn Lattimore played each other last year. And we all remember that game on Monday Night Football when those two were going at it. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is coming off uh, his worst game of the season. Uh, it's not an indication of who Marshawn Lattimore is as a player. I think he's extremely talented. I think we all know that. I'm not too concerned about him going up against DK Metcalf because for the exception of that one catch that DK had, you know, down the left or the right sidelines, after that he was pretty much neutralized. So the majority of uh you know, of his yards came on that one play. After that, he was relatively quiet the entire game. Uh, so the New Orleans Saints are going to have to be able to keep these guys in check. Uh, Tyler Lockett a little bit more shifty. He's a little bit up there in age, but he still has that talent. So you're probably going to be leaning on guys like Paulson Adebo to be able to, uh, you know, be able to follow him. And I think Paulson Adebo uh, should be doing a much better job. I think that he's still not there yet when it comes to his ankle. Uh, he had a high ankle sprain uh, that kept him out for the first couple games of the season. But I think as the, the ankle starts to heal, you're going to start seeing him make uh, better plays because uh, we all know that he's probably one of the best tacklers on his team in the secondary. So when you put all that together, the Saints are going to have to be able uh, to neutralize uh, and, and shut down Geno Smith's ability to be able to scramble. And also you got to speed up that clock in his head. Uh, as far as the defense, I mean, look, the defense of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they were terrible last week. Absolutely terrible. You look at the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff was 26 of 39 for 378 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. I mean, he was lighting it up. Then you have TJ Hawkinson, the tight end. Boy, do we wish we had a tight end like TJ Hawkinson. Eight catches for 179 yards and two touchdowns. So, uh, you have uh, Williams, you know, he had 108 yards, a 5.7 average. Uh, you know, so you're looking at some of these running backs, you know, from these teams, they were able to uh, have success. As a group, they uh, averaged a total of 140 yards rushing uh, on uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So their opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to run. Uh, you all know that I mentioned this for weeks on this show, and I mean weeks, that the New Orleans Saints are a running team. And as soon as they find that out, the better. As soon as they find out they're a running team, there's a better chance that they'll probably be able to win some of these games. And I just think by running the football, even if you're not uh, cracking off six, seven yards a clip, you're still keeping the defense honest and it sets up the play action. Like if you notice that when Latavius Murray started to get a little bit hot and he started gaining yards, you know, the, the Minnesota Vikings last week had to account for that. And then you've seen the play action start to open up and you start to see Traquan make a play. You start seeing Callaway make a play. You've seen Alave open up. You've seen Adam Troutman out there. So you got to be able to run a football to set up the play action. And there, there are opportunities for the Saints uh, to run the football. Uh, you know, the Seattle Seahawks have been struggling defensively as of late. So you should be able to capitalize on that. Uh, as far as special teams, uh, the special teams, last time we seen uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks, you know, uh, Deontay Hardy had a really good average. You know, a year before that, he actually ran a kickback on the Seattle Seahawks. So the way that I'm looking at it with this is you got to be able to have a better outing on special teams. 
I know they went out there and they got rid of Demarcus Field, the guy who was res- responsible for that, uh, giving up that fake punt. Uh, they went out and they got uh, Kevin White. Uh, whatever your reservations about Kevin White as a receiver, I think we all in agreement with that. But as a special teams player, when he was in preseason, uh, being a gunner, uh, he was doing a really good job. So it seems like the Saints are trying to shake some things up on special teams in order for them to try to be a little bit better. So hopefully Deontay Hardy can probably channel some of that inner Deontay Harris and have a better return average. Doesn't seem like to me they're going to go in a different direction when it comes to kick returns. So maybe Dennis Allen is giving him one more opportunity uh, to, you know, right the wrongs of what happened on in, in last game. But <clears throat> as far as the game is concerned, uh, I feel like the New Orleans Saints should be able to win this game. Uh, I don't feel like it's going to be like, oh, you know, D- Seattle uh, is, is going to be just incompetent on defense to a point where the Saints just going to blow them out. I just don't see that. I, I think that uh, you got enough bad stuff on tape in order for you to try to fix up. Uh, I do feel like the New Orleans Saints uh, should have a better uh, outing offensively. Uh, offensively, I feel like last week they did some good things. And I think they should be able to continue uh, that path. I think that you're going to see Andy Dalton a little bit more comfortable uh, this week versus last week. I think maybe, you know, still, I mean, I understand he's a professional, but at the same time, this is a new team. This is a new opportunity. So maybe, you know, you're trying to figure out what you're trying to do. You know, can I get it to this guy, what his tendencies are? But now you have two full weeks of practice. You have a game under your belt. I feel like he's going to be a little bit more adjusted. Do I feel like he'll throw for 300 yards? Uh, probably not. Uh, you, and you probably don't want him to throw for 300 yards because if he's throwing for 300 yards, it probably means that the Saints are probably down by a couple of touchdowns and they need to throw themselves back into the game. But as long as the Saints have a balanced attack and they just cut these penalties in half. I mean, last week they had over 100 yards of, of, of penalty yards. That, that's just that's, that's not going to do it. Like, at, at least you can cut like some of these, these penalties in half if you're not going to be a complete disciplined football team. But overall, I have the New Orleans Saints winning this football game. I think they're going to win. I think this is going to be one of those games where they have a better outing offensively and also just think defensively uh, they're going to be able to buckle down, especially in the secondary after what happened last week. I got the uh, Saints winning this football game, and I think the Saints are going to put up 27 points. So I got them uh, winning this game by a score of 27 to 16. you know, and I think that, you know, this is going to be a game where they can actually build on. So hopefully this game can actually turn into, uh, you know, some success down the stretch, as you know, in October historically. But that is Sean Payton. This was a Sean Payton team. Uh, they were really good in October. So hopefully they can replicate some of that uh, because they really need to start springing off some wins. Because if they don't, then they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in when it comes playoff time. But I'm going to go ahead and um, open up the uh, floor for everybody, see what you all have to say. But that's my score, 27 to 16, uh, Saints. Ant-Man says, just win on Sunday, and hopefully that will spark a winning streak. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't have a winning streak until you win one, right? You know, like, let's uh, create a trend. You got to start winning games first. I don't care anything about a winning streak as of right now. Um, my, My question is, can this team win a game, right? I mean, you look at that fourth quarter in Atlanta, and as of right now, you have to say that's a little bit of an outlier. You're happy that it happened because you might be 0-4 right now. But regardless, like in order for you to go on the street, you got to win one uh, at least one game to get it started, right? So hopefully they can do that. 
uh be on the lookout for a dj dallas of seattle uh that's my pastor grandson uh he played college football at miami okay well we definitely will be on the lookout for him and i'm pretty sure you know um i know he's got to be excited about that uh this won't be an easy game by any means no it's not going to be an easy game i mean this is a prideful team that's coming into new orleans and you know i don't want saints fans to look at this like this is lsu taking on new mexico or something like this isn't a get right game like this team is very prideful and they want to win just as much as the saints so anybody that just think oh man we just gonna slap around seattle uh, i would i would tell you to take a look at what these guys have done throughout this season especially a team where people expected not to do a doggone thing so if they think they're going to come in and just beat seattle and just okay we're going to go on a run here you sadly mistaken uh black preacher man sports uh fan uh says t tj sack penalties and turnovers is our uh our sour spot fix it and we will be all right well you know it it should be an easy fix but here's the reality you know we've seen this over the last couple of weeks and maybe it's not that easy of a fix because we're seeing the same things happen every single game and i'm just very discouraged by it you know if they can just clean some stuff up and fix some things up then i'll be like okay cool you know what i'm saying like they, they can they can write the ship here but I'm, I'm extremely concerned about the, the trajectory of this team and you know like where the uptick as far as with the penalties because it just seemed like to me like it continuously happened and more and more penalties start to arrive so hopefully they can fix these things and i agree if they do and they play disciplined football i think they can be one of the best teams in the league if they can but if they continuously get in their own way then we're going to continue to have problems uh, i think it might be a defensive battle against the seattle seahawks and the new orleans saints uh my my guess might be nine to ten again uh the seattle seahawks shut us down every year um I don't know about that, man. I don't know about them shutting us down every year. Uh, the Saints, the last two times they played Seattle, they beat them, right? They beat them last year in Monday Night Football. And then when the Saints uh, played Seattle uh, a couple of years ago when uh, Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, they beat them again. So it, it's not like the Saints can't beat Seattle. And it, it's not like you have Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, and Richard Sherman on the defense anymore with Bobby Wagner and, and K.J. Wright. Like, this isn't the same team. This isn't the same defense. And I get that. Sometimes, like, we have, like, this history and we have these thoughts in our mind, like, oh, you know what I'm saying, this team and what they're known for. Like, when the Saints play Pittsburgh, right, oh, man, that's going to be a tough game for the Saints because the Steelers' defense, but historically they've been good. But if you look at them now, man, not so much, right? So um, don't don't let, like, you know, the pass – uh dictate what's going on right now and right now this team just gave up 45 points to the detroit lions so i don't i don't know if it'll be a defensive game or not i do feel like when you have that much bad tape when it comes to defense there's more opportunities for you to be able to to clean it up because you actually have some things that you can identify so i i don't expect for them to you know allow the saints to put up 40 points i don't feel that way i would be shocked if they allow them to do that I think their defense is going to be a little bit better because they'll have more attention to detail and they'll have more stuff on film they can actually look at to try to clean up. But um, the Saints can't still win this football game. We need a W, Jerry. Yeah, we, we definitely need a W. Gino is going to be running. They know that's our weakness. Just keep a spot on him all game. 
yeah you know like the well i don't want to say that that's the same weakness i think that this is two different this is two different things we're talking about here when you have a guy like marcus mariota that's more like a rpo type game right you have yourself a running quarterback now i don't want people to get it twisted marcus mariota is looking to run way more than geno smith is now i get it right uh you know i, I understand you know we think that you know he, he ran seven seven times for 49 yards he's looking to run no he, it's kind of similar to what Jameis does Jameis tries to make plays from the pocket but if nothing is there he'll try to scramble out of the pocket and try to slide try to get himself first down that's kind of like what Gino is Gino is a Gino is a you know a decision runner right you know I'm, I'm looking I'm going through my reads oh nothing's there let me take off so you do need yourself a spotter there or a spy there in order to make sure that he stays in the pocket. But it's not to a point where you have to adjust your your, your defense like you're, you're going up against Jalen Hurts or Marcus Mariota, one of those guys that, that can hurt you really bad, or Lamar Jackson, right? It, it's not one of those situations there. It, it's not like guys that are, you know, ready to run or the, the plays are designed for him to run. You, you, you're not really getting that. Geno Smith likes to make plays from the pocket. Uh, we need to treat this game like a playoff game and straight ball out. Well, I hope they don't uh, treat it like a playoff game because if history has shown us anything, uh, when the Saints make the playoffs, it, it don't really pan out. Uh, play this game like it's the next game. That would be a, a better a statement, you know, uh, because, um, you know, they, they definitely uh, need to win this game. You know, Trey, I, I agree with you on that. They definitely need to win this game. So whatever motivation they need or they need to think about in order to help them win, uh, it needs to happen because the Saints need to start springing off some wins right about now. Uh, happy Who That Friday, Saints fam. Thank you, Bruce. Happy Friday to you as well. Mario says, to that. TJ, the host. Hardcore Jared Poor, uh, the OG. Let's see, giving a shout out to Bruce. Then we have uh, Jordan. Thank you very much for the 499. Says the Saints need to run 30 to 40 times. Kamara needs 25 touches. Uh, defense needs to work on flipping field position, driving 80 yards every uh, <laughs> every position uh, or, you know, every possession rather uh, is not it. Well, look, here's the thing. I agree with you on that. Um, getting the ball into Alvin Kamara hand 25 times. You know, that can be a combination of things. Uh, Shouts out to legendary quarterback Drew Brees. Uh, He kind of broke that down about how they used to use Alvin Kamara. You know, you don't want him just running in between the tackles. You want him catching out of the backfield as well. So, but here's the reality of it. You know, we can talk about the Saints running the ball 35 to 40 times a game. Uh, You know, the three yards in a cloud of dust type mentality. But if you're, you're trailing in a game by two and three touchdowns, it almost completely eliminates the running game. What the Saints need to do is how about actually having a lead going into halftime? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Instead of you trailing and and having to basically throw this portion of the playbook out because you have to play catch up. Throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game, I'm pretty sure the Saints don't want to do it, but they have to do it in order for them to get back in the game because they dug themselves in such a big hole and teams were able to capitalize on the mistakes that they made, it's hard for them to be able to run the ball. That's why, you know, when people start talking about the running game, the running game ain't there, I'm like, what do you base that on? What do you base your 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 your, your opinions on? You know, like, it's hard for the Saints to run the football. 
because teams don't respect it. Teams are not going to respect you running the football if you're down by three touchdowns. So it's hard for me to be able to decide what type of running backs they actually have because there, there have not been a game where the Saints have been like relatively close and a running game has just taken over the game. They haven't had like one of those statement games like with the Atlanta Falcons a couple of weeks ago or last week where you had Arthur Smith after Marcus Mariota screwed up, they threw they ran the ball 14 consecutive times. You know, like I haven't seen a game like that to know and decide what type of team this is actually going to be. But I, I, they need to go ahead and try to run this ball, but they also need to keep themselves in the game by not shooting themselves in the foot with the penalties uh, with the undisciplined play and I think that's that's when you'll get a nice sample size of what this running this running back group actually is all about because right now it's just pure speculation like they're not running the football of course they're not running the football if you're playing Madden with your friend and your friend beating you by four touchdowns are you going to be running the football or have a balanced attack at that particular time no because now it's desperation time it's time for us to throw this up and try to make sure that you know maybe a player make a play or something so it's hard to run the ball when you're down by two and three touchdowns. Uh, uh, you're constantly trying to get yourself out of that hole. Uh, cool sports. Thank you very much for the 199 says, hopefully we can overcome those cheating refs. Well, hopefully you can find yourself being in a game where you're not even allowing the refs to decide your fate. See, that's the thing, you know, like that's the biggest issue that we're not really paying attention to. The fact that the New Orleans Saints, if you know this, and this is no surprise at this particular point, if we as fans can see it, imagine what those guys can see in real time, right? So you know that the referees in most cases don't have your best interests at heart. I don't feel bad about saying this, and maybe a fan of another team probably roll their eyes, or it's just another Saints uh, podcast or a Saints fan, uh, you know, talking about the referee cheating them. But if you have analytics that, that can support your argument, and, you know, you see all these different calls, you have to just say to yourself, man, Look, they don't want us. They don't want us to have it, so we got to take it. it. It's it's it comes a time where you have to just basically have to buckle down and just say to yourself, "I'm not taking this anymore." Okay, so how about not putting it in the hands of the referees for us to be able to have shows like this where we have to complain about the referees? How about playing disciplined football to a point where you can actually win games and have this game pretty much sealed? We're about seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Well, we don't have to worry about, oh, I wonder what the referee's going to call if this game is close. So how about taking it out of the hands of the referees and putting it into your own hands and come away with some victories? How about that? You know, like it comes a time where, you know, you just get tired of blaming the referees. You get tired of doing that. Yes, you know, these referees do not have the Saints' best interests at heart and more, more times than not. We know this. We know this, okay? but it comes a time when you have to take it out their hands if you really want it you got to take it i think we show about 90 percent improvement in this game uh with the win well look you definitely have an opportunity to be able to fix some of the issues that that been plaguing you over the last couple of weeks okay and the thing about it is these are little these are simple fixes because they're self-inflicted right if a guy is hurt or you know like if it's you know bad you know what I'm saying bad situation but the saints are moving the football they're making plays it's just those good plays are being called back because of holding those plays are being called back because of hands in the face you know that they're making the plays you you just got to 
be disciplined enough to allow these plays to stand that you're making latavius murray looked good running through uh uh run gaps on sunday yeah and i think that alvin kamara and mark ingram can do the same thing i really do i i, I really do but it's going to take a balanced attack in order to see that that happen. Ramsey says, and also if the Saints are up by a bunch, the referees won't really dictate the game. Exactly. That's my whole point. Take it out of the hands of the referees and and and, and decide your own fate. Uh, Dennis Allen needs to be better. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Dennis Allen definitely has been coaching scared, him and Pete Carmichael. You know, I, I I said this on 103.7 this morning. I, I went back to last year when the Saints played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Raymond James, and, you know, they end up beating them nine to nothing. And I go back to that game. It was it was really conservative. It was we're going to play uh, to, you know, we're going to play to not lose. We're not going to play to win. But it ended up working in their favor. But what happened was they took that same mentality over into the 2022 season, and it's not really a good thing. I, I just don't see Dennis Allen really challenging his team. And by challenging team, challenging a team, I mean by like maybe an aggressive play calling, maybe like going for it on fourth down when it's close, you know, something that this team can actually get fired up about, maybe converting to fourth down. Uh, I haven't seen maybe, I haven't seen like a, a gutsy call or something that was aggressive uh, since week one versus Atlanta when they went for two. But you really had to do that in that particular situation. So I just wish that they would be a little bit more aggressive and not be coaching so scared. You know, this guy is coaching like he's 8-31 and 31 as a head coach. It, it seems like to me he's coaching to try to do the right thing versus actually doing it his way, right? I mean, sometimes, man, you just got to you you just gotta let your head down and you just got to go out there and just say, I'm just going to do this thing my way and, and let the chip fall where they may. Hey, you may you might crap out, but at the same time, at least you know that you don't have any regrets. You know, it's almost like a person that wants to try something new, right? Oh, I, I'm thinking about maybe starting my own business. I'm thinking about maybe you know coming up with some type of business venture, or uh, you know, saying to make some extra money, or, or doing this, and then all of a sudden, like you never go around to do it. Ten years later, you like, man, I could have did that. That was my opportunity. You don't want to live your life with regrets you may not be a really good head coach you may just be a really good coordinator but you have to challenge yourself and you have to challenge yourself by challenging your players and i just feel like it's too conservative in new orleans right now and you got a a a coaching staff and players that are extremely uptight you got players that are uptight because they're thinking about possibly making a mistake to cost the team some penalty yards and then you got a coaching staff that is just trying to make the right call to to do the right things instead of like people just having fun and having a good time and just playing loose. I don't see that in New Orleans right now. And I think it starts with Dennis Allen. Uh, I think being negative towards the game should be the most normal way to approach them because you won't be uh, disappointed and realize you never controlled the game from the start. Uh, I think being, he said, I think being negative towards the game uh, should be the most normal way to approach them. Well, um, if you're talking about like just being negative by, you know, telling them some of the things that they actually uh, did wrong, you know, I, I can understand. I don't feel like that's negative. I think that's constructive criticism, you know, like, so if you want to use that as a, a coaching tool, then, you know, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, uh, your other part of your statement, I want to make sure I get this, say you won't be disappointed and realize you never controlled the game from, 
the start. Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't feel I feel like there's still a level of disappointment because I feel like to, to me, I feel like a loss hurts even more when you're close to winning versus you just getting blown out. Because when you get blown out, you like, well, just out of our day, you know, we'll get back to it next week, burn the tape. But when you're like close, like how it was last week versus Minnesota and you lose a game like that, it, it hurts because you know that there were a couple of plays in the game that could have went your way and you would have been on the receiving end of a victory. So uh cleanup man needs to do a lot better. Yeah, I mean, look, you got to be more aggressive, and I don't feel like uh, they're being very aggressive. Uh, the landlord said, did you see my God-honest prediction? Uh, no, I, I didn't see your God-honest prediction, uh, Josh. I didn't see it, man. Um, I didn't see it. Uh, TJ, the key to success here is having the the whole team <laughs> hypnotized into thinking every quarter is the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they need to bring a hypnotist up in there. Maybe that'll help out. Uh, that's not realistic, though. How many games this season ended in one possession? Um, what do we, I mean, I think basically almost every game that they played in ended in one possession, right? I mean, it was, it came down to like, you know what I'm saying, one deciding play or one deciding drive or one deciding thing. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, the State of the Saints podcast, Facts TJ, uh, State of the Saints podcast, uh, TJ Paxton, all right? Yeah, man, look, Paxton is okay. Paxton is just three years old. And look, if you ever have like a three-year-old, you already know they have those temper tantrums when things don't go their way. Um, You know, that's just kind of, you know, what we're dealing with right now. But, you know, just kind of just go through the motions and and just, you know, allow them to grow out of it. Uh, Roderick, thank you very much for the $2 says, what do you think about Peyton Turner so far? Uh, I think that he's playing like a bus. Uh, that's what I feel about him. Uh, I feel like um, I, I haven't seen that much out of him. The fact that your first round picking was a he- healthy scratch is an indication of who you are and what you have been at practice or what the coach is actually seeing you. And uh, he's been a major disappointment, you know, even when he's been in a game. I mean, you're getting like, you know, the thing about Peyton Turner to me, uh, it, it, here, here's my thing. If you're that dominant and and you're supposed to be that guy, in a full quarter of a preseason game, you got guys that's probably not even going to be on the on the team out there, you know what I'm saying, like stonewalling you. To me, like, if that's not an indication of maybe, you know what I'm saying, you maybe need to look inside and, and find something. I don't know what is, okay? If you're going up, if you're a first-round pick going to your second year and you're going up against uh, four-string guys in preseason, I feel like you should be dominating. Like, you should be, like, all over the field. You should be like all in the backfield, but I didn't see that. This dude was getting stonewalled, okay? And um, he's been a huge disappointment. Right now, he's looking like a bust. Uh, man, I wake up to SOTS. Let's go. Jay, thank you for being here. Uh, if we lose, that would be bad. Well, yeah, it would be even worse. It's already bad, if you want to be honest. Chris Harris Jr. is a great addition because we got him and Bradley Roby. Dang, bro, uh, this should be a wake-up call defensively. Well, look, Chris Harris has been a really good, solid player. He's been an all-pro in this league. He's been there. He's done that. He's played over 100 games. So if P.J. Williams is not going to be able to play, and maybe you can bring Chris Harris up and activate him uh, to the active roster, maybe have some plays or two, that would would be beneficial to you. Still upset we drafted Peyton Turner instead of Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, 
Yeah. TJ Jones, where do you think uh, Omar, uh, I guess you mean Lamar Jackson, going to go? Uh, I know this is off topic, but he has not signed with the Ravens. Who do you think is going to pick him up? I think he's going to stay with the Ravens. I just think that they're going to have to end up paying him more than than they were originally going to pay him. I don't think they're going to let him go because you know all all because now you're going to make the fan base upset because they see how well he's playing. Uh, Da coaching like he's waiting for Sean Payton to come back. <clears throat> Maybe he is. Also, we should have uh, signed and and Sue. Well, I mean, there's still an opportunity for that. And I'm pretty sure, like, you know, I mean, we've seen guys like Richard Sherman, uh, you know, the uh, Buccaneers sign him in the middle of the season. I mean, there, there may be opportunity, but we'll see. The gap between a worst team and the best team is very small. Waiting on Dennis Allen to make uh, that one call that has a positive effect on the game. He needs to show a backbone. Same for the O.C., well, here's the thing. Like, if we're talking about Dennis Allen coaching, he coaches the defense. And if you're looking at it, I mean, he's doing a good job on that end. Maybe the biggest issue is not putting a point of emphasis in the, and putting a sense of urgency out there uh, for the offensive uh, staff to actually follow. Maybe that's the biggest issue. But I do agree with you. I mean, if you look around, there's some bad football being played everywhere. There's a lot of two-and-two two teams uh there, there's a lot of teams out there that's still trying to figure it out so the saints still have a chance but you have to start winning you can't just shoot yourself in the foot so early because teams just like you are going to figure it out and it's going to be hard you know it's going to be an uphill battle once you do figure it out he's 33 and 8 uh as a head coach uh 33 and 8 you mean 8 and 33 uh dennis allen counting the three games that we should have lost. Dennis Allen is not looking good as a starting head coach right now. Yeah, not not at all. He looks terrible. I'm strolling down a little bit, folks, and I apologize. I, I miss your comments, but I'm strolling down. Uh, let's see. Surprise, you haven't called Dennis Allen Mr. Clean. Nah, nah, I call him Captain Cleanup, okay? We call him Captain Cleanup on here, you know, because he always talking about what you're going to clean up. You know, clean up this, clean up that. Clean up, clean up. Yeah, man so <laughs> we call him captain cleanup over here okay we're gonna call him mr clean i call him captain cleanup because he always talking about that someone called an exorcist i just seen a ghost <laughs> guess ghost face grill is here shouts out to ghost face the truth is drew Brees and sean payton covered a lot of the ineptitudes of the team itself and the rest couldn't decide uh games until late into drew Brees' career because of his arms start uh failing yeah, I mean, look, I think we all in agreement with that. You know, Drew Brees just basically covered up a lot of the, you know, the shortcomings of the team. And so did Sean Payton. So, but yeah, you know, but those guys aren't there anymore. So what you going to do? You know, is rather you going to wish for better days or you going to try to rise above it? I mean, the key to really uh, winning these games is scoring more points than the other team. I don't know. I think it's a reach. Yeah, basically, you know, like nobody cares about how you win. It's just a matter of how you win. Hey, TJ, do you think DA gives all substitute teacher vibes to the locker room? I don't think so. I just think that his, his coaching style is different than what a lot of those guys are used to. I don't think that Sean Payton was that much of a player's coach. I, I think that he was in ways, but he, he was more of a like a authoritarian figure versus 
Dennis Allen, who I feel like he's just trying to be everybody's friend. Uh, we'll fix everything this week. We will make Geno Smith look like 2021 Geno Smith and before. Well, I hope so because this guy's balling out, balling out of control right now. He, he didn't lose. He losing his mind. Third down plays got to be better both sides of the ball. Well, you know they, they did. They did have a better. So um, I'm gonna try to look up some of the same stats real quick uh, from last week. I'm gonna try to look those up and uh, we're gonna and try and see because I, I think the third down conversion rate was a, it was a, definitely a, a huge improvement uh, versus like what it was uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, having a little bit of time trying to. Okay, let me see. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Who that nation? Um, matter. Of, I, I just uh I completely forgot about this. Uh, we're having like some uh new tether within the neighborhood with the uh, internet connection. I completely forgot about that. So, uh, the internet connection gonna be a li- a little bit spotty. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna try to take a few more comments and then we're gonna go ahead and uh get up out of here. I forgot. I completely forgot about that, man. They they running some new lines in the neighborhood and it's going. It's affecting uh the internet uh dennis allen legit gives off uh step uh parent vibes you know the type uh that the kids just will not respect until they see that bell come out <laughs> yeah i think we all you know yeah we all know that yeah but i mean he definitely gotta put his, his stamp on his team he gotta make it his right now i just feel like it's a lot of we playing a you know playing not to lose versus playing to win uh B Max says, uh, I see everyone is upset with DA. I guess since he's the coach, the blame falls on him. His defense is looking lights out. If anything, the offensive woes uh should fall on his shoulder. Yeah, but here's the thing, B Mac. Look, when you're the head coach, your your job is to oversee all operations, not just one side of the ball. If Dennis is Dennis Allen was the defensive coordinator, then nobody would say anything about it. We would be praising him because of all the things that he's doing to help the team stay in the game. But that's that's not just your job anymore. Your job is to be the head coach of the entire team. So the offense, the defense, the special teams, the the front office, all that stuff represents you as a head coach and the way the players respond. So we we can't look at it that way anymore. You you can't. You know, like defensively, he's doing a good job, but as overall operations uh, specialist, you know, <laughs> like he's having a tough outing uh, and. Let's see, but Geno balled out versus Detroit and Atlanta. Uh, let me see, uh, versus Denver and was terrible versus San Francisco. Well, look, I mean, look, he's 77% completion percentage. That's pretty doggone good. That's that's pretty doggone good. Uh, someone tell I'd be ripping him to stop calling me Pete Fart Michael. Uh, I have feelings, says Pete Carmichael. <laughs> uh, I also think our offense can use a little upgrade. Uh, I don't see us running some of the new stuff. Offenses are running RPOs, wide receiver sweeps, wide receiver screens, motion offense. 
those are a simple and effective concepts. B Mac, look, I don't think they're running that, but look, you gotta crawl before you walk, right? <laughs> and, and right now, you know what I'm saying? Like they 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 crawling right now, okay? Before we, you know, we doing, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, a backside George reverse or something like that, you know, like you know, you know, a double wide banana. I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Some of these weird plays these people be calling, like you you gotta be able to. You know, maybe I don't know. Get get a, a screen pass to Alvin Kamara. Uh, I don't know. Maybe throwing the ball into the flat. Maybe uh, you know, utilizing your checkdowns, utilizing tight ends. I mean, I think you got to be able to maybe run a simplistic offense before you start elevating and graduating to triple reverses and whatnot. So I I don't know, man. I I just think that they they having issues with the simple stuff. So. Why should we trust them with the more complicated things? I I, I don't know. Uh, hey, TJ, late but checking in from work, but you're a thousand percent right. I hope DA gets it together because I hate to see him get fired and most definitely lose him as a DC. Man, that ain't good. Yeah. If you lose him as a coach, most likely you're going to lose him as a DC and your defense going to end up probably taking a step back because of how good he is as a defensive play caller. Uh, let's see, DK getting five catches, 97 yards on Lattimore. I don't I don't think so. If he does, it's probably gonna come on one big play. It's not gonna come like he just eating his man up all day, all night. Uh is Michael Thomas playing says unspoken. Uh no, he's not. More more likely he won't. Uh it's not just a matter of crawling before you walk. Uh you see, PC uh schemes is just flat <laughs> and outdated. And uh Jameis Winston isn't really suited to run it anyways. I agree. I agree with that. I, I think that. These plays that the Saints are running are not tailored, made, and catered to Jameis Winston to be successful. I think it's more catered to Andy Dalton being successful because it's more of the short intermediate routes and not really taking too many shots up, you know, over the top. It's not because this is a Drew Brees-type offense. You know, they had to compensate for Drew Brees' arm strength at that particular time, and I think they're still just trying to follow that. So if I'm looking at both of these quarterbacks, Andy Dalton, the way that the Saints offense structured as far as Pete Carmichael's calling these plays, uh, it benefits Andy Dalton more so than it benefits Jameis Winston. I wonder how Bronco fans are after last night. Well, I don't think they're too happy about the situation. Um, a lot of people consider that a boring game. You had four interceptions and and you had nothing but field goals all night. Um I just think, number one, it's just the society and the world that we're in right now. Uh, everybody is just basically just all hyper and more instant instant results. And that's why all these rules and stuff like that are structured, you know, for the offense to be able to make plays. Um, if this was like 95 or 91, nobody would even care. Everybody would be talking about how good their defense is and how nobody's going to stop it. But everybody just wants to see big plays and passes down the field and all that kind of stuff now don't get me wrong i mean both quarterbacks look like mere shells in themselves and also uh the game was just bad but it's just another reason why you shouldn't have thursday night football you shouldn't have thursday night football like these guys go out there they take a beating on the field on sunday and then they got to turn right back around on a thursday and play and you expect for them to have that same type of vigor enthusiasm that same type of speed when they still dealing with the injuries and the nicks that they had from Sunday, I don't know. Uh, and it tells me everything that I need to know about the NFL. 
The NFL doesn't give a damn about these players. They like, we give y'all this much money, go out there and make us laugh, make us, you know, make us dance. You know, like they don't care about these guys. You know, the fact that you watch the, you know, quarterback almost basically get paralyzed on national TV, you would think that they would actually learn from that. And not to mention Hines end up getting himself concussed in the game. Uh, looked like he, he, you know, got a, he took overhand right from Mike Tyson. So it, it's, to me, you know, how can you talk about player safety? How can you say you care about these players when you got these guys going out there on Sunday and then marching them back out there four days later to play again? And people say, well, you know, if you play on Thursday, then you have 10 days off. But, man, the body needs time to recover. And the NFL don't care, especially when they feel like, oh, man, we got to tap into this Amazon audience. This is absolutely ridiculous. Like, they don't care about these players. They don't care about these players. They care about their bottom line. These owners care about the bottom line at the end of the day. You're not going to say that you care about these players and their safety if y'all are going into these meetings and agreeing on having these type of games. It, it, like, it's hard for me to, to believe you. It's Juice and Olave playing. Yeah, they're both playing. Andy Dalton is a safer quarterback. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not really going for safe. I'm I'm going mostly for execution. And it, it's the way the Saints offense is structured, I feel like he can execute the offense of what they are right now better than Jameis. It just fits him. It, it just it just fits what Jameis, I mean, it fits what Andy can do versus what Jameis can do. It, it's almost like Jameis has to like kind of come down to this particular defense in order for him to run it versus you know, Andy Dalton kind of fits in that mode right then and there. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like a jacket, right? You know, I can wear this X Lord jacket, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I, I rather, you know what I'm saying, have a two X. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and then somebody get in, like, what you wear? XL, put it on, it fits real, real nice, right? It's per- a perfect fit. Uh, we need to make a uh we need to make us want to watch the Saints. We will, but uh, they need to make us enjoy it. Look, I'm going to watch the Saints. I don't care if they're getting blew out. I don't care if they win it by 30. I'm going to watch this team regardless. Like, my, my look, and I'm not, I know you're not saying this. Uh, I, I'm not, I know you're not saying this, Christine. I know you're not saying this. I, I'm pretty sure that's Mike. Mike, why are you not? Is that Mike? And why are you not at school? But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm still going to enjoy the game. You know, I, I, my 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 fandom is not conditional, and I don't think you're, you know, I don't think anybody's fandom should be a conditional. Every team like kind of go through growing pains, but as a supporter, man, you got to support them, good, bad, or indifferent. Let's see. Nah, uh, that was just a bad game. The quarterbacks were making such bad moves. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's Thursday, man. Thursday, it's Thursday night. I wanted the Saints to go after Russell Wilson. Uh, now I'm starting to think that's why I'm a fan and not a GM. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, I think every situation is different. You know, I think every situation is different. Who knows? Like, if he would have came here under Sean Payton, what, you know, like, what would it be different? Probably would be. Because I think that it wouldn't take Sean Payton long to understand this dude's limitations or where he was at, at that stage of his career. Um, but I'm not just going to say that the man is just trash. I'm not going to say that. Like you're used to like a certain system, you're certain, a certain thing, a certain offense, a team that actually knows you. And then you go to another team. But the problem is you're getting paid over $200 million. So 
that's that's the type of money when you come in and they like you know man we about to man we about to change this thing uh tj any news on uh davis injury uh let's see since the start of the season it looked good uh never heard exactly uh what it was uh what davis we talking about here somebody refreshed my memory what davis are we talking about here uh let's see that uh nfl all about paper they could care less about the players i agree need more dogs on the team i don't, I don't think the dogs is is the issue it's, it's about motivating those dogs it, it's not about the like i don't think anything is wrong with this team like i'm serious like i feel like this is the right team to get you where you need to be like you got the right you got the right nucleus of players you got the right nucleus of leadership i mean you got it it's it just you got to be able to coach it out of them nfl talks about player safety but makes them play on thursday a total joke uh that is a true statement tj uh by the way on an unrelated note Olave is the real deal so is a debo i'm really impressed with his two years so far yeah i mean uh, chris Olave has been as advertised and uh paulson adebo who i feel like uh is playing well uh but I, I think that you're probably going to start seeing some of the things that you saw like in the offseason leading up to this season as, as the season progressed. I still feel like he's still dealing with the ankle injury, and I still feel like he's not there yet. It's probably going to take maybe – you'll probably see improvements in this game, and you'll start seeing even more improvements like later on in the season if he doesn't have like any setbacks. We need to get the uh, juice back on this team. 12 and 9 uh game turned into 2109 uh if look uh was uh 6 and when I looked okay well i mean to be honest with you um i watched i watched a little bit of the game like as far as highlights but man i wasn't really watching the game what was i doing I think me and my my wife we were watching this uh this movie i think by uh kid cuddy uh, called intergalactic is like some type of animated uh type movie we was watching that on netflix so i really wasn't um i really wasn't paying that much attention to the game uh and i still say on thursday night uh, i don't have a problem with them being on prime video but still uh simulcast it along with fox or cbs or nbc but jerry i mean how would they be able to get that money you know the the, the biggest objective is to get eyes on amazon to get people subscribed uh to amazon amazon prime that, that's just the whole point so they're, they're, they're using the nfl to be able to launch this whole campaign so they're not going to put it on those channels because they want people to pay that money each month in order for them to get amazon prime if you're going for execution there's only one man who can help us brett the hitman hood <laughs> yeah i mean yeah if it were brett hart you would have excellent execution right because he was the excellence of execution but unfortunately brett the hitman hart uh isn't wrestling anymore uh and unfortunately drew Brees and sean payton uh on uh, on the saints anymore so they're gonna have to find something right but like, they're gonna have to find somebody you know after after brett hart they had a kurt angle right you know after kurt angle you know who, who who you know you got a uh, brian danielson you know what i'm saying like you need to find some technician out there you know to help you you know because looking at what brad hart did ain't gonna help you okay uh is the next uh thursday game between uh two mad teams as well 
I don't even remember. I, all I know is the first game that they had on Amazon, I think it was uh, Jacoby Brissett and Mr. Jabisky. And I guess they probably thought, man, we got Russell Wilson versus Matt Ryan. Yeah, if this was like 2015, that was that would have been a great game. But I mean, what Matt Ryan about 37, 38 years old, and Russell Wilson about 34, 35. So yeah. Uh I don't care if we uh don't win a game. I'm rocking with the black and gold. You ain't lying. I'm the same way. Hey TJ, real quick, if you thought your thoughts on LSU versus Tennessee and Tulane versus uh East Carolina. Well, I think they both should be like really good games. Uh, I know the LSU game is a little bit earlier for a lot of people's liking, especially for people that like to drink. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think the LSU, uh, look, I think they're doing a really good job at winning games while trying to figure it out. I, I still don't feel like this team has like uh, reached the you know reached the ceiling of what they can actually be. I think that actually comes when Brian Kelly actually you know starts to recruit a little bit more. And you'll start to see exactly what type of team they actually are. But playing and winning in the process of trying to learn uh, is, is a good thing. It is, is a very, very good thing. And as far as Tulane, um, it don't get more grittier than that. Um, you know, last week, you know, they had themselves a, a you know, a, a really, uh, you know, thrilling game. Uh, they beat Kansas State. You know, they end up, you know, losing a week before last. But the thing about it is, they're such a tough and, and gritty team. And, you know, I think that kind of resembles their coach and they're, and they're doing a good job. So, you know, if, if we can get the Saints on board, you know, I think we should be fine. But I like the fact that LSU hasn't figured it out, but they're still winning. And I like the fact that Tulane goes into every game with a lot of scrap and grit and they and they go out there and they win, man. So I'm very impressed at all those Louisiana teams. I'm, I'm impressed by all of them. Just need the Saints to get on board. Uh, me too, uh, TJ. I will watch the Saints no matter what. Yeah, you ain't lying. Scrolling down a little bit more, <clears throat> it says, um, I sadly watched the whole game. Now, now you, you're a real fan for that one. Uh, Drew ain't coming back. Uh, we got who we got and got to find a way to win. Exactly. Uh, this team is like <laughs> thinking you have an illness, but going to the doctor and he says it's all in your head. Yeah, I mean, look, they they are constantly shooting themselves in the foot. If a Monday Night Football cat can do that, what you think uh, we can do? Um, let's see. Uh, we we noticed those in 3D say the game was horrible due to not being entertained enough. Yeah, I, I just think that's what it is. You know, like if this was 91 or 95, like – we will be applauding the defenses of these teams and talk about how dominant their defenses are. But we just want to be entertained. Like we want the score to be what that Seattle Seahawks and, and Lions game was 45, 48. But I'll tell you, like, I like defense. I like defense. I, I, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather see a team run the ball than throw the ball 60 yards down the field, to be honest with you, because, you know, I'd rather have a good defense and a good running game because that can travel anywhere. Like teams can neutralize your passing attack. But if you got some dogs up front with the offensive line and you got a dog in the backfield that's running and, and stepping all over folks and dragging them into the end zone, like you got yourself a team and you incorporate that with a defense, 
but i just think that that's that's where we are i think that's where we are um as a as a society like we want like you know we want to be entertained and we we don't like to be patient you know that's why i feel like to me that's why i feel like soccer is not as popular as football is in this country i mean these people like oh you know across the pond the uk and all other countries they lose their mind they team went one you know what I'm saying one to nothing so they up there watching this game for about two and a half three hours watching their team only score one goal and they just as drunk and happy as i don't know what we, we just don't have patience that's the reason why you know football to me uh dominates baseball because baseball is even though people watch baseball and people consider that a little bit boring right you know golf a little bit boring like people want you know and if you're not giving them that then it's like what am i here for like why am i wasting my time uh let's see my god honest prediction traquan has 25 catches for a league record 838 yards in one game and nine touchdowns my man playing madden over there <laughs> my man playing madden over there the next time you get in trouble call a crackhead my man my man over there playing madden on rookie uh abby was going uh, to fly united to uh nyjfk but they canceled oh man um sorry to hear that uh soccer puts me to sleep exactly because we want like uh <laughs> We want like, like I said, we want things quick, fast, in a hurry, man. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we want to be able to put it in the microwave, put it on one minute and eat the, you know what I'm saying, and eat it. Right? That's what we want. Like, you know, but gotta be patient. Like and I like like I said, I like defense. I like defense and I like a team that can run a football much better than just throwing the ball all over the place. Like I look at the Chiefs, that's exciting, but the the passing attack isn't that exciting. It's more about what Patrick Mahomes can do with the football, why he throwing it, versus like just watching a passing attack. This team is like a Ferrari with no engine. It looks good, but it don't run. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. But, uh, folks, I got to go ahead and head up out of here. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Uh, once again, uh, I had my final score of 27 to 16. I have the Saints uh, knocking off the Seattle Seahawks. Would love to hear from you. Uh, make sure that you put your comments down. Make sure you hit that like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. We're also a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Everybody has a great weekend. Uh, we definitely, I don't know if we'll be back tomorrow with a show. Probably going to kind of just take it easy on that Saturday. But we definitely will be back on Sunday. Uh, we will be having a uh, pregame halftime as well as a post-game show so keep it locked right here to the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints till next time all i gotta say is who that